Germany, 377 medals. Norway, 329 medals. Russia, 314 medals. These are the countries at the summit of Winter Olympic success. This show is not about those countries. This show is about the little guys. The underdogs. The athletes with a pocket full of dreams and everything to prove. This is Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, cul-de-sac to Korea. Hello and welcome back to Medallica with Gus and Rig. Good morning. This is the best. We're back. It's an Olympic year, which means that, as always, based on one previous Olympics, we are in the booth. Absolutely. Number two, cab <laughs> off the rank. But we've managed to actually swindle some people. Absolutely. Not the least of our agent. Gergs, you're an idiot. I'm not sure why you're sending us to Korea, but we're pumped for the free trip. We are super, super pumped. We need more budget, by the way. We just want to let you know. Absolutely. So, to those who've never listened to us, welcome to the show. Medallica Minnows, colon, (laughs) Medallica, colon, Minnows versus the world. That's it. Colon, cul-de-sac to Korea. Yep. It's a mouthful. We are going to Pyeongchang, South Korea. Yes, we are. We're flying out today. Yep. Uh, Tomorrow. I'm not sure. We, we're flying there, we're though. We're flying there. And it's definitely South Korea. Yeah. Because Jess, if you're listening, Jess is, is the wonderful executive assistant to our agent. She kept writing North Korea in emails to us. Please, for the love of God, we are not going to North Korea. <laughs> it's Pyeongchang, <laughs> not Pyongyang. Yep, but we have a massive, massive couple of weeks ahead of us. We're bringing you a daily show every morning from the ground. Snack size. Absolutely. So, uh, Korea. It's a place. It's really fucking cold. It is stupid cold. We saw... We saw some footage that was sent to us in, in, in a group chat. Good friend of the show, Mel McLaughlin. Good fr- great friend of the show, Mel McLaughlin, Channel 7 reporter. She went outside of her, her digs in Pyeongchang with a boiling pot of water, chucked it up in the air. It then proceeded to vaporize immediately and fall to the ground as ice crystals. So basically, the whole of South Korea is populized, populated by X-Men who live <laughs> in the air and turn all water into ice. It is ridiculous. And it is... We we are. It's approximately. It's almost thirty degrees here here in Sydney, and we are. What'd you say earlier? It's sixty gonna, degree swing. A sixty degree swing to minus thirty degrees Celsius. Absolutely, that is madness. <laughs> so, we are uh, we are almost off, and we're covering as always some athletes, some minnows from countries that are yet to win a medal. Yep. With the exception of uh, our Latvian uh, spotlight, because they've never won a gold medal. So that's the, true. The Winter Olympics is basically dominated by countries that have snow, which is not surprising that, to fucking no. anybody no. in the universe. <laughs> a, a study done by the University of My Fucking Eyeballs. <laughs> but there is also some countries that do have a shitload of snow that seem to struggle. Uh, yep. Denmark is obviously one of them. Yeah. Uh, one silver medal or two silver medals in yep. history uh, just can't manage to uh, to break the duck. And their Scandinavian neighbours are just plunging their elbows deep into their ribs. Norway falls... Norway basically goes for a walk uh, and they come back with five golds. Yeah. That's just a standard <laughs> That's what cross-country skiing is, though. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable. Go, go for a jaunt in the backyard, which happens to be 27 square kilometres of tundra... And Pure they gold. Come back with, and they come back, <laughs> come back with a gold medal. 24 carat Norwegian wood. That's it. So, athlete profiles we're looking at. We have some absolute corkers. And the yep. first one, a massive fan of the show, and we're massive fans of him, is Peter Tofidafua from yep. Tonga. 
Yeah. Now, you may remember Peter from a different Olympics, the Rio Olympics, mm-hmm. a worse Olympics. <laughs> he was, it was a simpler time. It was a worse time. <laughs> it was a time when an oiled up, ripped as shit Tongan was the flag bearer. He was a Taekwondo competitor. He didn't fare as well as he would have liked he at Rio. Got, in, in, in the Olympic sense, uh, I think it was, it was written up by Olympics.org as he got dicked in the first round. <laughs> he did not, did not get the result he was hoping for. But a small tasting plate of the Olympics, that one round of the Olympics made him go... He's got the itch. You know what? Time for me to go back. I didn't realise that it was only every four years, so I'll just go for whatever this winter shit is. Yep. Decided, after having not seen snow in his life, that the most difficult sport on the planet, cross-country skiing, which is known by most of Europe as the Widowmaker, (laughs) was going to be his jam. So he uh, went and bought a single ski. Uh, <laughs> a single ski. One ski. You can do that? You can. You can I didn't even realise. You can lay by skis. You just get one and then when you pay for the rest of it, you get the second one. That's great. I'll make sure to go into Foot Locker when I lose one of my basketball shoes and just ask for the other one. <laughs> he, uh, he basically has done most of his training... Um, in Brisbane on roller skis, which as a man you that's know, been on roller skis... You know all about it. I can tell you, that's my idea of the fucking hell that I would never want to live in. Um, <laughs> but he is uh, in, in the cross-country skiing and he qualified. Uh, he yeah. He is about 30 kilos heavier than all of his competitors. He is a unit. He's, he's massive. And also, absolute legend of a bloke and ripped as fuck. So. Yep. I guess when it comes down to it, considering that it's minus 30 and everybody's going to be in uh, what I described to you as spider suits and you said, are they made of real spider? Free-range organic huntsmans. They, it's basically lycra in minus 30. I reckon a lot of people are going to die. That's my prediction. Not and, Peter, and though. Not he's, Peter. Got, he's got the fat stores. He's got, he's got other parts of his body that, 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 that can fuel him. So I reckon Peter might be an absolute dark horse to uh, sneak through as the... Uh, lone survivor. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. You know that I mean dark horse in a betting sense. <laughs> You're the worst. Uh, so that is uh, that is our Tongan. That's first cab of the rank. Second guy, though, Peter Michael. Mm. Peter Michael from New Zealand. This dude has a ripping chance. Yeah. Absolute yep. ripping chance to medal. This guy, from relative obscurity, loved his inline rollerblading. Still does. Still does. Won't to, shut to, up about to, it. To the, to the point where... When when someone discovered him, a la a model in a local supermarket, <laughs> and said, geez, those are some great-looking carbs. You should start bloody speed skating. He was just like, yeah, fine, I'll give it a crack. Turns out he's really good at it, but will not give up ro- rollerblading. No, he's an eight-time will not give he it up. an eight-time world champion rollerblader, yeah. which is a surprise to everybody that uh, thought rollerblading, that's not a real sport. Well, you know what? This whole show, whole Winter Olympics... Get ready for a fuckload of moments of, that can't be a real sport. Toothpicks on shoes, on ice. <laughs> I love the fact that he's just gone in. He, he He's just like, well, I'm just a rollerblader. I could just see him walking around with his razor blade skis over his shoulder, <laughs> with the laces tied up in a knot, acting like Chaz Michael Michaels from Blades of Glory. Yeah. Peter Michael Michaels. I love it. That's what we. That's what we. That's we're calling him from uh, from New Zealand. So we've got a uh, got some time lined up with with Peter Michael, and he's also a man that uh, is going to be his Olympics are going to finish uh, pretty late. He he competes in four different events: the fifteen hundred meter, the five thousand. Then he's got two relays that he's uh, he's involved in, and the mass start. Uh, mass start speed skating. If you want to see people absolutely fuck each other up. Oh, yeah. Then put them on razor blades, line them up like cattle, and then fire a gun into the air. 
It's actually gonna... known on the street as a Korean knife fight. <laughs> Mass start speed skating. It's the original script of There Will Be Blood. It's <laughs> It was the original script of West Side Story <laughs> when the sharks and the jets meet on an icy alley. <laughs> oh, third. Our third focus. I am absolutely in love with this story. So good. The Nigerian women's bobsled team, the first African competitors at uh, a Winter Olympic Games. Amazing They have crowdfunded their way there. <laughs> their, yeah. their, their original crowdfunding statement said, uh, we need money for a bobsled, tickets to the Winter Olympics, and lessons to learn how to drive the bobsled, <laughs> which is ballsy. Oh, yeah. Because they're all track stars. Basically cool runnings, but yep. in, uh, in real life circa yeah, yeah. 2018. And they are fucking nailing it. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're all over it. Uh, really excited to see what they do. Uh, Visa just saw this whole thing and went, oh, you guys don't need a crowdfund. Here's half a million bucks. What? <laughs> yeah, legit. Visa, they're part of Team Visa. Wow. Huge. That is huge. Dreams do come true. Yeah, like Visa. Des- like Desiree Except said. everywhere. <laughs> We're not just doing like De- natives. Just, just, <laughs> just like Desiree said, dreams do come true. They so, do. Nigerian women's bobsled, I, I imagine it wasn't an email campaign. To, <laughs> for, can you imagine opening up that inbox from Nigerian bobsled team? I need a bunch of money to get to the Winter Olympics. <laughs> no. Why don't you Shit. ask your prince uncle? Yeah. So next one we've got is is Martin Decours. So mm. in the skeleton, which is luge where you're going down face first and your chin is two inches away from ice that's travelling 150 kilometres an hour underneath you. You would go horribly. Prominent chin. Uh, prominent mega chin. Mega jaw. Huge, huge jaw. You'd I, die. I would definitely die. Yeah, that, 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 big, that, that big snow break that you call a face. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, 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 what's that thing at the front of trains? A plow. A cow, like one of those cow plows or whatever they call them. What are they? Like a, a cow grate or something. Uh, so Martin Decour's skeleton, Latvian. Latvia has never won a gold medal, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Shitload they have of snow, one, though. Yeah, shitload of snow. They've got a couple of, couple of silvers in the bag. This guy has lost the previous two main finals of the, of the skeleton in, in Sochi and in Vancouver, Vancouver uh, against a dis- now disgraced Russian athlete who was found to be doping. Yep. One of many. Yep. He's obviously in, in great company, this bloke. That's He's going to be... That's a gonna, whole nother thing. They're going to need a bigger fucking lounge room to watch the Winter Olympics from <laughs> in Siberia. So Martin Decours, really, really great. He's a pretty good shot, right? He's the current world champion. The, the only guy that can beat him is a South Korean. There's Ooh, a there's hometown a hero. Hometown hero who's been training on this track for yeah. the entire season. He's all over it. But Martin Decours, uh, he's also won all of Latvia, Latvia's medals. So oh, right. I, yeah, right. So, so Martin Decours has won 100% of Latvia's two silvers. So good. So, so <laughs> good. I mean, he'd, he'd be right up there. I reckon he'd, he'd be pre- that, that'd be pretty short odds for him to win that. Funny you should mention that. For some apparent reason, Mundacores is four to one to win the gold. What? He's the he's the world champion. He's the guy who beat him at the last Olympics and the one before that is disqualified. I that is the definition of Peter Casey free money. Free money. <laughs> Good you heard, friend of the show. Sorry, Martins, we just jinxed the fuck out of you. You will definitely not win now. <laughs> and the final one. Yeah. This is my personal favorite, Shiva Keshavan. Yes. From India. This is his sixth Olympics. Do you know how Whoa. many winter, Do you know how many Winter Olympics there have been? Fifteen. Standalones? Uh fourteen? Six. What? 
Okay, so standard, up to 1992, they were in at the same year as the Summer Olympics. Ah. Oh, no, 4, 98, I, and two, I really am showing my ignorance six, going into this show. <laughs> 10, 14. Oh, shit. All right, so he wasn't at Lillehammer. He's been at Nagano 98 through to now. Fuck me. He's that a, is hectic. He's a loser from India. India's never won a Winter Olympic medal. Yeah. This guy is the fucking best. Re- such a journeyman. Yep. That and is amazing. We can't wait to stand on the final bend of the luge and yell out, What a man, what a man, what a man. He's a shiver kesha van. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so that's, it. that's the athletes that we're focusing on. Those five. We'll be interviewing them all uh, pending gaining somehow access to the Olympic Village, but that's a conversation for another show. Yep. But, as always, it's time to find out what the fuck is happening on the ground as everybody who hosts an Olympics manages to really finger the pooch. It's Apocalympics Now. Apocalympics Now. All right. First up, nuclear Armageddon. I just <laughs> I want to get Lay this out me of down the- easy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Light some candles. Put the rug out. I'd like to get get me a blade. Get yeah, give me a fucking glass of red. <laughs> Let me relax before you walk into nuclear Armageddon. Look, I just want to put it out there. There's a possibility that things could go uh very south. Not South Korea, but uh v- <laughs> very, very north. <laughs> things could go very north very in north. the weirdest way. Um I know that it appears that there's a there's a ceasefire and that the north and the south are coming to uh, some some kind of a an agreement. That's part of the plan. It's it's <laughs> all I don't I don't trust this at all. Neither and do I. Part of part of the reason is because a quick Google search, um, <laughs> King Kim Jong Un smiling, is the face of a fucking lunatic. <laughs> that is a man <laughs> who does not need a second person to fire a nuke. He's nah. got both keys. and yeah. he is trigger happy. <laughs> so. We're, uh, we're aware that there's a, that it's a dangerous place to be. Um, our agent Luke, um, when he said, look, if anything happens, uh, we'll keep you safe. Rig said, how? There was just silence, then he hung up. So, <laughs> not sure. That Didn't exactly fill us with confidence. No. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, the, the next part is, uh, the norovirus. It's not a good thing when you're hosting an Olympics and a couple of days before the opening ceremony and competition starts, what is being called the cold flu has been, uh, has been established as one of the leading problems health-wise. Um, it's wiped right. out a big part of their private security force, which are the <laughs> people... Dead? They're all... They're, a lot of them in hospital and off. And what? Like, they're not able to serve, which means that in a turn that could end up being quite quite deadly the army are now stepping in to take over uh, a lot of the private security measures like uh you know taking care of crowd control etc which is gonna have a real military feel to it while we're over there it's it's funny that you bring up security because i was reading an article heading into the show and and a woman from i think it was usa today one of the american papers kind of went in there and was just like yeah, so the usual security stuff I see at most Olympics when I cover them are, you know, kind of 20 to 30 metre kind of perimeters around each stadium or yeah. each, each kind of major venue or whatever. Sure. None of that. Uh, it feels more like, quote, going into the theatre than it does the Olympic Games. <laughs> oh, shit. She said, in three days, I've st- I'm still yet to see a gun. Well, that's about to change because um, the <laughs> army just took over the... Uh, that's about to change because we are packing... <laughs> 
So basically, the army are now the bouncers. Yeah. Which, when you say it like that, doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Um, but not only that, but I'm feeling a very Resident evil vibe. Like, we're going to step off the, off the plane at Seoul. There's going to be no one in the airport. And it's going to be, be totally oh, abandoned. Yes. And we'll go outside and there'll still be no one. And we'll get to a, get to a hotel and there'll just be like swarms. A dog walking up, upside down on a roof, <laughs> eating a hand. <laughs> Cold virus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Real cold. Oh, yeah. Uh, the next one is not to be outdone by Rio, who dropped 450,000 condoms on the Olympic Village. Um, so- <laughs> like it was a fucking aid package to Africa, <laughs> just dropping them with bloody blue parachutes off the top. Absolutely. Um, Seoul have released this uh, this statement, um, which has then been paraphrased through uh, a HuffPost-style outlet. Safety first. The winter games always fall in the midst of cuffing season and combined with all the hot athletes that will be making their way to the Olympic Village, it's no surprise that South Korea has always won a gold medal when it comes to the number of condoms that will be handed out. 110,000 condoms, which equates to 37 condoms per athlete for all of the athletes, (laughs) will be distributed. That's wow. no that's no 450,000 Rio, but also the contingents at the Winter Olympics are about a tenth of the size. Yeah, so right. 37 condoms ahead. I just want to make this very clear. <laughs> These Olympics go for 14 days. 37 ahead. That's more than two a day. You're, either you're doing it wrong, or you guys are fucking like rabbits. <laughs> All of you. 100% I mean, of the Olympic population. I, look, I, th- I think we covered this in the last show because... What what we found was that I mean you you've put your your life away on the shelf for four years training for this yeah. and now like you've given up alcohol you've given up sex you've given up drugs you've given I don't up know everything why I don't think they give up sex surely not they've give they 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 definitely give up booze and when they have two beers I guess if they have they given up s- sex, they start probably... being like the white dude in Da Vinci Code and putting that <laughs> weird fucking thorn <laughs> thing around their leg yeah and it's just they're doing all this stuff and they're giving up so many things it's Lent for four years. And then they just want to let loose. So it doesn't surprise me, 37 Connors. It sounds like something that should be in some sort of address. Every man and woman shall be equal in this land. Every man and woman shall receive a horse, a patch of land, 37 condoms, condoms ahead. <laughs> so not only that, but uh, the, the, the Pyeongchang Olympic Committee have come out and they've said... We want to make sure that we're providing safety for all of our athletes, so we will be placing giant 44-gallon drums of condoms in all of the bathrooms. Fantastic. That is not encouraging good things <laughs> when the only place that people can get condoms is in the bathrooms. Oh, yeah. That's that, that's not what you want. Nope. Yeah, and, and 44-gallon drums of them? Look, just give everyone a rationed scenario and they can sort it out from there. I love how it, it's kind of a contradictory thing. If you're putting them in a fucking giant drum, right, you obviously do not care for for how conspicuous things are, right? Correct. Given that that's the case, why don't you just put it in the fucking lobby? <laughs> just put <laughs> it in the lobby. That's my, that's my whole point. If it's just like, if you're, if you're all about sexual health, which is very noble, you just leave it in the middle of the lobby next to the water feature and be done with it. Absolutely. Uh, the the third and the final part of uh, the apocalyptics now for EP1 is that North Korea have sent a 140-person orchestra to perform during uh, the Winter Olympics. Okay. They sent them via ship uh, from from the north. Right. This ship has arrived in South Korea, oh. un- unloaded all of its people, yeah. and then has turned around and the ship has gone... You have to give us oil, fuel, and supplies so we go back to North Korea, otherwise we're staying here. 
So North Korea has made it very clear that uh, this is an equal and fair peace treaty, <sighs> apart from the South has to pay for everything. So it's literally your mate on a road trip. Yeah. I can drive you there, but you're going to need to pay for petrol. You're going to have to pay for petrol. <laughs> um, but, but literally, there's a standoff at the moment as the South Koreans are like, yeah, we're not giving you any, any oil. <laughs> and the North Koreans are gone, we're not leaving. And the South Koreans have responded by going, we're going to get back to you on this one. Oh, it's, Jesus. I, I, I just, I have this feeling that North Korea is gradually going to this is, continue oh. to make XYV style demands the, on, on, on South Korea. It sounds like an ex-girlfriend scenario. Yeah. Like, or, or an ex-wife sort of scenario. Everyone's really bitter. Or, 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 Everyone's or, really or jaded. An ex, or an ex-husband or an ex-boyfriend scenario. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a gender-specific e- thing. Equal opportunity, but there's just a lot of bitterness. There's a lot of jadedness there. Correct. There's there's a shitload of it. Um, we, we will cover the issues that the combined... Korean hockey team are, are experiencing tomorrow. Yeah, um, we're actually speaking to a representative uh, of the the hockey side over there. Uh, I think on day one or two, so we'll get a bit more clarity on that. Need, needless to say, we'll uh, we'll get to that. Beauty, everyone that, everyone that wants to see. So that brings us to Donut Spotlight. Right. So Donut Spotlight is something that we featured on our previous iteration of Medallica: Colon Minnows versus the World, and it is a a look an in-depth look at a country that has yet to win a medal or achieve any sort of Olympic success that will be coming back this time around. The only thing is we're not doing it this show. We just want to let you, it's coming. Let you know it's coming. It's a teaser. It's a teaser. Um, I guess we did a bit of a teaser with Denmark earlier. Yep. So that's all you're getting. The Donut Spotlight, this episode is gruel and you're all Oliver. (laughs) So... That is the uh, that is the cast for the first pre-show that we're done. Episode one is done and dusted. If you would like to be on top of what we're doing while we're over in Korea, it's a big thing because this time we're actually doing visuals. We're doing we're dropping videos. We're doing all haikus, sorts of, all pop up books, <laughs> pop up restaurants, smoke signals, activation, shadow puppets. So <laughs> mime. It's it's all happening. And if you want to follow us, make sure you get on Instagram and follow us at Gus and Rig. G-U-S-A-N-D-R-I-G on Instagram uh, and Twitter as well. We're going to be tweeting all the way through as well. And follow Medallica on Facebook for regular updates. Absolutely. And if you'd like to listen to our Mime slash Shadow Puppet podcast, it is Medallica colon Shadows versus the World. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely not a thing, but do look up Medallica on your favourite podcast app and you'll be able to find it there. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. See you tomorrow.